Hey there, welcome to the Mama, Mommy, Mom podcast. I'm your host, Emily Parkins, and I'm so excited to sit down with you today. So let's get started. Episode 49. This is so exciting. And this episode is so special. I sat down with Whitney King. She is the CEO and founder of Wave of Mind, which is a set of journals that will help you become more self-aware. And it is truly the foundation of well-being is how aware you are of how you're feeling and your emotions, admitting them, moving through them and processing them and stop you know, putting them under the rug. So we sat down and chatted about all of this. There are some awesome takeaways for you. You might want to grab a a notepad or the note section of your phone and really just take this in and take the practical tips that Whitney gives us and run with them because they're so helpful. And stay tuned for the end of the episode because we are gifting a set of journals to one of you guys. So stay tuned till the end so you can figure out how to win that and just enjoy this episode and this brain break. I loved talking to Whitney. She is so calming and easy to talk to, and I know you guys will feel the same way. So go check it out. Hello. Hi, Emily. Hi, Whitney. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Can you hear me well? Yes. Can you hear me okay? I can. I can. I'm so excited for this conversation. I listened to (laughs) um, a couple of your episodes, especially like last week's was just so spot on. Self-care for women, but especially moms is just, it's so much harder than it should be, right? Our society is just not set up to support moms the way that we should be doing it. But like the work you're doing is super important and I'm just hopeful I can help as much as possible. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I think it's important for moms to know that it doesn't have to be hard, but we have to do it. And so many things that like, we're also like, I think every, every woman has like anxiety and and there's just there just needs to be like resources for us to help channel that anxiety and like get it under control so that it's not debilitating us. And that's kind of why I started doing this because I'm kind of on the other end of dealing with mm-hmm. really debilitating anxiety. And I've been um like back and forth um doing certain things to help myself and then I can feel it like spiraling again and then I help myself. But it's like that consistency that really helps us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that I just want to encourage moms and, and all women, but obviously my audience is moms um, just because that's where I'm at yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm Absolutely. I, and I was so excited when I got your journals because I am a journal, like I love to journal. I've journaled my whole life and I'm that kind of person that like takes a journal and looks back on it. I think I've been journaling since I was like 12. Oh, <laughs> and that's amazing. I don't, I don't have all of my journals, thank God, because I don't want to look back on what I thought when I was 12, but um, it definitely- I'm sure helped. there would be some really funny takes oh, yeah. in those entries. Oh my gosh. That's good Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So when I got yours, I started last week and I like kind of just like let my pen go on the page and I like got, got done writing and I was like, one, I never would have asked myself this question. And two, Mm. I feel so much lighter after doing this. And I'm like, also have a hard time with self-care. Like, I know I talk about it. My husband's like, you're not doing that. I was like, well, do as I say, don't say, don't do as I say, not as I do or something. And I was like, but I'm like, my intention is there and I'm working on it. And that's the journey part. Absolutely. Absolutely. I Um, love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and to the point of, you know, I'm not perfect at this, you know, neither am I. However, the point is that we, wherever our community is, share authentically what works 
mm-hmm. and you know also for me it's important to have as much transparency into the fact that caring for ourselves is difficult Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to feel laborious it requires effort and consistency and there's no quick fix but how you're feeling is valid the challenging aspects of caring for ourselves are you know there's so many things that contribute to it, especially for women. Like you mentioned that in your last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that wherever you are, things can get better. And there are ways that we, as people who have, you know, these communities to, to help, like we can support people who are on that journey. Definitely. Definitely. It's just figuring out how to get, that out there to the world mm-hmm. and letting people know that there are resources and also people struggling with the same thing that they're not alone. So if you come together and get the resources, then it's much easier to do this guided or like go through this with yeah. another person than it is to just feel like you're alone. So creating like what you've done with the journals and creating that community and that has I'm sure helps so many people because they're feeling like, okay, well, other people are struggling with this and I am, and I can um, get myself like out of this just by helping myself a little bit. Yeah. How did you you start? um, Like what, what brought you to start creating journals and start wave of mind? Yeah. Um, so wave of mind was born out of a personal need. Mm -hmm. Um, three years ago, I was at a place where I had benefited a lot from therapy. Um, therapy is transformational and I Mm -hmm. suggest it to everyone. Um, but despite having been in therapy for years and practicing tools that were, you know, very impactful, I still found myself you know, in a place where logically understood that who I am as a person is enough and that there's nothing lacking in in worthiness or um, love that I can give to myself. But just enacting that felt challenging and, you know, life is stressful and I didn't really feel like I had the resilience that I wanted. Um, And so... I had the fortune of working with what at that point was 12 therapists who were contributing to the development of Wave of Mind. And the goal was to, for them, who were great therapists who had long wait lists, um, put into a like system and an actionable tool to help people who were their clients essentially graduate from therapy faster Mm -hmm. and have support outside of therapy and between sessions to just continue to improve, continue to drive insights. And what Wave of Mind does with these 24 lessons that each week before, it allows a person to learn for themselves Mm -hmm. what is going to work best, right? The tools are known, they're science-backed, but how they apply to each of our lives is going to look very different. And there's no person that can say, hey, I know exactly what's going to help you. Right. Right? There's no one right answer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we we can dive into that more, but... Um, that's how Wave of Mind started, and it's a tool that I use and I find a lot of value in, and um, thankfully, it's helped others as well. Um, and over those three years, we refined it and improved it, um, and you've seen the journals now, um, and I think they're in a place where a lot of people have been able to 
find peace as they practice it and more peace outside of their practice because of the tools that they have throughout the process of this six month program. Yeah, it's, they're such a good resource and I like the different um, topics you have focusing on each month. They're all things that people need to um, work on and that are kind of convicting, especially I think um, like self-compassion and Mm self-trust. I think that those are two very convicting um, areas there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very hard to be kind to yourself and it's very hard to learn how to trust yourself and going through the journals, I think will really help people do these things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Where do you like recommend someone starts when they're thinking like self-care? So today I did a, an episode on soul care and I really think Mm. that this is like a soul care, more of a soul care. It's definitely self-care, but under that umbrella is that soul care where you're taking care of your mental, um, like your mental health. And, um, I listened Mm. to a podcast earlier, um, this past, this past week, and they were talking about how soul care is really like, you know, moms feel burnt out. Women feel burnt out a lot more than, um, men do because they carry, my husband is a uh, volunteer firefighter. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me turn that down. He's always like, you need to turn the, he has a radio on our counter, mm-hmm. counter and he's always like, you need to turn that down or off when you do podcasts. I'm like, half the time I don't even think about it because it doesn't go right. off. <laughs> 100%. So anyway. That's really cool though. <laughs> um, yeah, he loves it. So um, what was I saying? So soul care is really about like mental health and that, um, you know, women feel more burnt out than men, uh, just because they're, they're more emotional, they're carrying the emotional needs of a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, like soul care would be doing, going through this process, like going through therapy, yeah. reading scripture, mm-hmm. taking time to do things like that, ignite your, your senses. So where do you like suggest, I feel like it can be a big scary intimidating world when we're talking about all of that so where do you suggest people start it's a great question and I think the first part is to start with a recognition that it makes sense that we feel overwhelmed in how we start to you know create a soul care practice Mm -hmm. or start to, you know, repractice these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, a big part of that is because there's a lot of external messaging telling us what we should be doing. Yeah. Right. And when we hear all of these things that we quote unquote should be doing, we measure ourselves against that. Right. Yeah. I think definitely. what you mentioned about women specifically is, is very relatable for so many in that we are very, very capable, right? Mm -hmm. Like moms are the most powerful force on the planet. Mm -hmm. There's just no questioning it. Yeah. And the like tragic part of the way that our societal messaging impacts us is that it suggests that regardless of how much we're doing or how well we're doing, it's not enough, right? Right. Um, And so I think the most important place to start is a recognition of how I'm feeling makes sense and I am enough, right? Yes, I could have X, Y, or Z. However, the way that I showed up for myself and the people that I love and care for today was the best that I could do today. And then we can recognize where we can grow from there. Um, But the, what, what is very challenging 
without this soul care practice is that we can spend forever chasing after the perfect routine, mm-hmm. the perfect ex- execution of a routine and, you know, listening to, you know, in good faith, the advice of, of people who are not us. Right. So with all of that said, the answer is to better understand ourselves and through self-awareness, we can take in the advice and suggestions of others and evaluate for me at this time, what is, what is going to be best, what feels best, what is going to bring me joy and what is going to energize me and what is going to contribute to my ability to pursue my passions and my purpose and even just have the strength and resiliency to feel good throughout a given day and feeling good you know has a lot of different um it has a lot of different meaning it might just mean you did enough that day and and you like who you are at the end of the day despite Mm -hmm. wanting to change things does that make sense does that feel yeah does that feel like what what do you experience when you know you're in a place of i want to start something new but oh that's a good question i what i always get stuck at like what do I need to be able to do this? And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, before I do this, I need to accomplish all these other things. And I think Mm -hmm. like I've always been a very self-aware person and I, and as I get older, I feel like I'm overly self-aware. And um, like for me to sit down and do my devotional and to go through my journaling, the like every day for the past week has been, I used to do that every day. I did that every day for like five years. And then when the pandemic hit, I stopped for whatever reason. Actually, it was really after I had our second child. Um, I just stopped because life got really busy and I felt like, you know, I don't have time for this and I'm tired. So I overslept. So then recently Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not like as tired as I was. Like my youngest is one. Um, I'm sleeping more than I used to. So why am I still not like getting up? Well, in order for me to implement this morning routine that I used to do without even thinking about, I used to wake up and feel excited about journaling and reading and working on my mental health. Um, like what do I need to do to get excited again? Well, then I was like, well, I need to wake up early. Well, if I need to wake up early, then I need to go to bed earlier. But then I'm, it's just a lot of like self doubt. So I think, I guess to answer your question, I just need to stop doubting myself and just jump in and start with whatever, however, and whatever way, time, or um, like however I can can do it, whether it's in the morning, yeah. in the middle of the day, before bed, like at any moment of the day that I can make, you know, it's 15 minutes. It's not like a three hour thing. It's yeah, it's really not that much time. Um, but you know, you get in your head. And like you said, like, you doubt you, you need to know that what you've done is enough. So yeah. I don't need to have like this Instagram perfect routine of journaling and reading and having this perfect morning routine that it looks like on Instagram, all of these other moms get, it can look different for me because my morning I value my kids oh it's like they smell when I wake up in the morning so like they know I'm awake literally the minute I get out of bed and brush my teeth someone's popping up and is awake with me and normally it's the baby so I can't really yeah do I have to hold her which is like I just like I value that time with my kids in the morning because I work full-time so for me like getting this time in this self-care and this mental health time in for myself is just going to be what it is whenever I can make that time. And I think stop stopping, stop thinking that like, that's not enough. 
like it's yeah. it's enough for me to do it at any point during the day. I don't have to do it in the morning. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. I think what you said is so relatable. Um, and for listeners who relate to that type of experience and wonder, okay, well, well how, right? The idea of, okay, we'll just, just start, just commit to it, right? That's a, that's a similar experience, but it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and so what the team of therapists that um, I worked with in the creation of Wave of Mind, what we concluded is the most important place to start when it comes to, you know, what is most well-researched and, and what can create this foundation for overall improved well-being. It is an understanding of what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to understand that internal experience and what we're feeling, we need to learn how to become comfortable with the discomfort that is all sorts of things that we experience throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Um, I don't know about you, but I've heard many times and it's true for me as well, that the idea of like pausing to notice how we feel is somewhat intimidating because the questions that follow are, well, what if what I'm feeling is really difficult? What if it's sad? What if it's pain? What if it's insecurity or disappointment, you know, loneliness? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's going to happen if I feel those things? Well, when I feel them, will I be stuck there? Mm-hmm. You know? And so instead of taking that pause to, to notice what we're feeling, we often avoid it and mm-hmm. we are very distracted by what we're doing and, and that makes sense. Um, but the answer is to pause and notice what we're feeling and then name what we're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we name it, then we can better understand that what we're feeling and who we are mm-hmm. are separate this this thing that we can name this is not us this is not who we are this is not a characteristic right it's not a flaw or, or right. a strength it just is yeah and then accepting that oh this is how i feel mm-hmm. you know this is how my body feels this is this is what messaging i'm getting and then when we are able to lean into that feeling and not be afraid of it we notice that it will dissipate right we may have like lingering feelings that are similar but when we understand what we are feeling then we can respond to that feeling Mm -hmm. with kindness and instead of being um essentially controlled by our feelings because we're unwilling or just perhaps unequipped to explore those feelings Mm -hmm. with safety then we can move to a place where where we have the power to go about our lives and know that whatever it is that we're feeling we have the resilience to care for it right all of us have gotten to today and have experienced at the entire range of emotions that humans can experience right on all levels so so no emotion has ever you know like it, it, we've made it through and we're mm-hmm. going to learn how to, to care for and work with and respond to those emotions better. Yeah, you're right. Like no, you're not, no emotion is set in stone. And I really like that in your, in your journal, you go through, like, I like the track your emotions wheel um, a lot because I think mm-hmm. like you don't realize how much your emotions change throughout the day. So you say to like track your emotions five times throughout the day. And in literally one day I was anxious, content, longing. Like you have like a whole 
wheel that like explains the different emotions and then all the emotions you can feel under the emotions to really identify how you're actually feeling. And then I was um, happy. I was, yeah, happy and then um, hopeful. Like th- those are mm. all different feelings on the yeah on the scale here. But it was all through like one 12 hour period that I was tracking them. And, um, and I also love that I know your books are wave of mind and, um, that you explain like exactly what you explained just now I was thinking is like the wave that you say, like emotions are like waves, they come and Mm -hmm. go. Um, that's one of the mantras in the first book. Uh, and there's a whole long, um, not long, but you know, like a poem about that. And Uh it's so true about riding that emotional wave. Um, and just letting yourself like identify experience and then, you know, work, work through that emotion, knowing that you're not going to be stuck there once, once you identify it. So, so well said. Um, I love hearing how the practice of taking just a few moments, even 15 seconds throughout the day, to just think about what I'm feeling, even if you don't have the emotions wheel in front of you, it is such a centering practice that yeah. then informs, you know, what to do next. It might not mm-hmm. even change materially what is happening in the day, right? There might be crying, there might be screaming, there might be stress, there might be a deadline. But if you are able to pause and notice oh this is stressful I can take a few breaths yes Mm -hmm. I still I still have to you know care for the people who who need me at this but as we have these practices of connecting with ourselves and understanding ourselves we very consistently build an understanding that we have what it takes to care for ourselves. We're going to learn, we're going to improve, we're going to optimize all of these things. And, and that's what the journals do and, and many other practices, depending on what works for you. Um, but instead of running around, as we often do, trying to perfectly do all of the things that we should do and care for everyone, in ways that nobody feels is lacking or is chaotic and you know all of those things yeah. are impossible to you know these these standards that we're we're held to and are holding ourselves to are setting us up for failure and yeah. so instead of running along that track and saying well I can just do this thing better I can get closer to meeting these expectations that I didn't define for myself regardless of how good we get at it it's going to continue to be exhausting Mm -hmm. which is why coming back to this foundation of of building more comfort with our internal experience and then we get to explore that more and you know in the first book the first journal on emotional awareness you move towards then understanding, okay, what of uh, thinking errors, thinking traps, negative thought patterns do I get caught in? What is, what is, what is more um, habitual, the, these, these mm. neural pathways, right? Whether it's like, oh, like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough, or how hard I try, it doesn't matter, like, sorted thinking patterns that we can learn to reframe mm-hmm. and reject, but we can't do that without first understanding that they are there, that those are thoughts that aren't us, but they exist from prior conditioning and things that we didn't actually take part in choosing for ourselves and just moving along that path and, and building more um, choice into, okay, I've for a long time believed about myself, say that I'm not enough or that mm-hmm. I'm unlovable, whatever, whatever that is, like you get to explore that 
in the first journal mm-hmm. and then decide like is that really the case right it would I tell this to a friend that I love mm-hmm. and, and am I that different from a friend or aren't we both humans who are trying our best and yes like it's messy and and it it is very difficult at times right the human experience but of course you're lovable of course you are enough and and once we logically understand that about ourselves and can redefine what we believe about ourselves then we learn to practice those new beliefs such that over time those limiting beliefs fade they still they still linger mm-hmm. you know but we learn to then notice when they're coming up and be like oh there that there that thought is again that's weird that's bummer but i don't actually believe that i'm going to care for myself in this moment and move towards compassion and towards resilience and and build more tools as we go such that the awareness of this thing and our ability to move past it mm-hmm. is reinforced. And, and this is something that everyone can do. Um, and I really hope that we can, as a society, regardless of, of whether people choose to use wave of mind as a tool, but as a society, if we can stop trying to do what we mentioned earlier, which is run around and try and perfectly do everything, but never being able to live up to those those standards or or even our expectations for ourselves, all of that. It's just a losing game that is so distressing and harmful and it doesn't have to be that way. No, it definitely doesn't. And I think we're we're emotionally ab- abusing ourselves by continuing these patterns of that negative self-talk and not learning how to deal how, how to retrain our thoughts to think more positively yeah. as well. And um that's just I wanted to ask too, like, what if someone, like, how do you suggest a mom, a woman, anyone, like there could be a friend, a spouse, a a parent that is feeding that person negative information or negative thoughts about themselves. What do you suggest Mm. someone does in those situations where it's not coming from yourself, it's coming from outside of you? Like, Mm -hmm. how can, how can we support ourselves and how can we support like somebody that's going through that it's a great question um and you know it's it's hard it breaks my heart that this is such a common experience right Mm -hmm. especially for women with their friends like I know growing up and being a teenager it was really hard you know you always had that pressure amongst your girlfriends and it's not really until you get older where you realize you're not in competition with your girlfriends, but I still think it's difficult. It is very difficult. Um, and I have a few thoughts that I'll share, um, and, and different things are going to work for different people. But the first thing to recognize is that regardless of how much love you have for this person who is saying things that harm your self-concept, harm harm how you view yourself, harm how you're able to show up for yourself and others. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have to let it go. And, and how people take action or what they do, there's there's many different ways. And, and honestly, a therapist is, is huge here. Um, yeah, week, definitely. Week, week three of the first journal um, begins to explore, okay, what 
happens when I hear something that that suggests like, oh, I'm not enough, or I'm not, I'm not thin enough, or I don't look young enough, or mm -hmm. I'm not energetic enough, or, or I'm not a good enough mom, right? All these things mm -hmm. are just like, so debilitating. They're not in any way constructive. Right. Um, but we notice them. And we notice that, first of all, we don't have to accept them as true, right? There's a thought exercise that is really helpful um, that I can walk through quickly. The, the first question to ask is, you know, is this thought true? Is it helpful? Um, and, and the thought could be something that is ingrained in us from something that someone has said prior, right? Because one thing that we'll, we learn over time is that most of our self-talk, even though we consider it to be ourselves, it's very often a message that was told to us from like a very young age, mm -hmm. whether deliberately or not, mm -hmm. that voice isn't us. And even if it is us as of late, it doesn't mean that it's true. So is the thought true and is it helpful? That then follow up with, how do I know if it's true? Right? Is there any, is there any even just sliver of doubt that perhaps this isn't true? Right? Because when we're in a really high level of distress, the thought of like, I'm not enough or, or, or whatever that thought might be, it mm -hmm. feels very true. Mm -hmm. But yeah. is there a sliver of doubt? Would you think this of your friend? The following question is, what would change if it weren't true? How would I feel? How would I behave? Right? If, if we just even imagine, okay, if, if this thought weren't true, if, if it, I am in fact enough, would I feel differently? Would I move about the world differently? What, what would that look like? And oftentimes that reveals to us a whole different view of really what our life could be, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. material things may change very little, but we've all experienced how it feels, you know, on a surface level to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, that's a really cute outfit. I really like the way you did your hair today. Or to yeah. look at yourself and be like, wow, gross. Right? And right. and how you you move through the world following those thoughts is it's diametrically opposed, night and day. Yeah. So so when we then ask ourselves, you know, is this thought worth letting go? Is it worth letting go of like what value do I have? What value do I get from holding on to this thought? Like this thought of I'm not enough or whatever that thought for you may be. Mm -hmm. um, so tying this back into your question of what do you do when, when other people are contributing to these thoughts that, that harm how we view ourselves and, and our ability to really understand ourselves and care for ourselves and love ourselves. It is very complicated and I'm not, in any way going to oversimplify that. But the first step is learning to practice new thought patterns for ourselves that challenge the validity of those messages, right? Because we can't, mm -hmm. not to say that you, sh you, you can take action at any point and say, you know, that really doesn't feel good to I'm, that really hurts when you say that or mm -hmm. whatever boundary you want to put like that's there, are, there are other lessons on boundaries. Um, and many people know them well as of now. So set boundaries right. when you need to, but yeah, the, the longer form way to approach building and changing and creating safety within relationship with the people around us is to have safety within us, right? Like we mm -hmm. can advocate for ourselves better when we know that we deserve better, that it isn't okay to be spoken to that way. Like 
whether this person meant harm or not is not nearly as important as its impact and our ability to move about the world saying it however people choose to behave or let's just simplify it whatever anybody says to me i can advocate for myself mm-hmm. i love that that's a really great question it's something that unfortunately is so common um it is but i think you're right like whatever is said to you you can advocate for yourself and you can like having that thought going through that thought process of is it true and i think that's great advice um just overall for whether it's external or internal um asking yourself that is it true mm-hmm. and reframing your your thought process around around that and I think replacing replacing those comments with positive ones um and and what is true about yourself right um is is powerful um yeah how do you think like women can get momentum with self-care and mm. and being mindful and self-aware it's so it's easy to start like anything you know exercise eating well the first week is great and then like yeah either it starts to get hard or you start to unveil things about yourself that you didn't necessarily want to unveil like you know when you go to therapy Mm -hmm. that happens yeah especially in the second third fourth week and you're like so (laughs) yes yes Um, so how to get momentum. The key is to try as much as possible to simplify how we approach a, a new practice. Um, Mm. and and that's really, really hard, right? Because as we mentioned earlier, we are capable of a lot of things, right? And we do have a lot of capacity to improve. And when we're excited, we we want to pull in all of these things. And, you know, back to the earlier conversation about like, okay, well, if self-care means that I'm going to be better or feel better about myself if I do you know, if I eat right, exercise, I mean, eat right, that's a whole other conversation. What is right for a yeah. specific person? But we'll right. tangent on that. Um, you know, just stay hydrated, meditate, um, you know, talk with friends, like journal, read, all of the things. So the suggestion that, that I have um, is to start simply with this initial exercise of emotional awareness. And I know that for many of us, that feels too simple and too easy. Uh, But I promise you, there's so much, so much empowerment to be gained by understanding that we can move through the world consciously without fear of of feeling sadness or anger or loneliness because those are normal human things to feel. Mm-hmm. And when we understand that we can feel those things, then we're more empowered to respond, right? So as we're building a self-care practice, if we can have this foundation of, of the soul care, as you put it, then we can start adding on and we can test. Okay. So I, in the past, have really benefited from an exercise routine. So let me start an exercise routine. But when this exercise routine inevitably is thwarted one day by some sort of, you know, event, Mm -hmm. we can recognize that, oh, I didn't fail. I'm not a failure. That's how life works Mm -hmm. because I have this understanding that I can explore like, oh, I feel these things. I feel 
disappointed in myself. I, I feel um, insecure or less than. And then recognize, oh wait, I don't have to feel that way because it's not true that I'm a failure. Like I'm trying and I'm improving and every day that I care for myself is one more day that I that I did my best. So it sounds it sounds like an oversimplification, but building a, a secure foundation of this relationship with ourself and our ability to explore with curiosity our internal experience that then empowers and informs how we show up in the world what we choose to do how we respond as we're learning what things work for us right mm -hmm. we may be told to meditate but it may turn out that for us certain types of meditation incite feelings of panic for right now right mm -hmm. and that's no that's no yeah it's no fault of of that person but instead of saying what's wrong with me why does meditation not work we can recognize that thought and move past it and say okay for right now meditation doesn't work for me what else can i explore that can help me find more stillness and and practice this ability to feel calm with it. That's so interesting that you mentioned that the meditation and the panic, I had, it's such a good point. I had been, I had been feeling panic working out, which mm. was giving me, which prior to the pandemic had been giving me, like I worked out up until the day my second child was born. And then for whatever reason, after the pandemic, I like in that June to September timeframe when my second child came, um, I just stopped and it used to be a sense of like stress relief for me and a balancing tool, like mentally for me, it was my way I controlled my anxiety and how I got any emotion out and all of that. And then for some reason it started to make me panic and it just clicked to me as you were saying that, that that's what I was feeling about working out. And that when I would work out, I would feel, I would basically get like panic attacks. And yeah, it just clicked to me that I just should have tried something else mm. <laughs> until I started feeling better. Um, you know, instead of putting that pressure on myself to do what yeah. I had always done. Or what I was being told to do. Yeah, right. It's such an excellent example. And, and such a, like, of course, you you felt those things, right? Because even maybe well-meaning people in your life were like, well, why don't you just go to the gym? Like, just get over it. Like, yeah, you're anxious there, but you know it'll make you feel better. So just do it. Yeah. Right? Like, those people are Mental. trying to help. Yeah, yeah they, they're trying to help. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and that's what brings us back to, you know, no one has the capacity that you do to heal and care for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That That is greatest within you. And the answers that you need are there. But it's so loud these external voices and and we're also encouraged to abandon these messages that our body and our our nervous system are communicating to us right we're we're being yeah. told it doesn't really matter that your body is telling you that this feels wrong or that it there's there's something that's going on you're supposed to ignore that Right. Yeah. But in fact, totally like that's, yourself. yeah, that's, that's, it, that's in fact what keeps us unwell. Yeah. And we talk about a lot of, of that a lot when you're talking about birth and labor and how your mm. environment affects your experience with birth and labor and, and delivery and all of that. And 
how you have to feel safe while you're delivering yeah. a baby. But I never thought about it with daily yeah. life until this conversation. That's really profound, it's, like to just connect it all together. I love what you said. It's it's so beautiful that we can learn, right? The, mm-hmm. the human ex- existence, for all that it is, you know, if if it contains learning, it's it's a lot more hopeful, mm-hmm. right? We don't have to be stuck in in what we were told or even how things have gone for us in the past, right? Mm-hmm. The reasons why so many of us have in the past or even may currently be cycling through these patterns of, okay, I'm going to try to do something for myself. I'm going to do these things. Something happens, it doesn't work. I feel bad about myself. Other people suggest that there may be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then I fall into like a place of despair until I essentially pull myself out to try again, but we're not empowered with tools to do it differently. Right. So whether people choose to, to hire a coach or a therapist or to use journaling on its own or wave of mind, there are ways to, to build in these clinically informed practices such that as we put in effort to care for ourselves, we can consistently progress, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, there will be like abs and and, um, flows. Flows? Yeah. Let's just, (laughs) yeah, that's silly. Yeah, there will be ups and downs. Yes. I love when I have like mixed metaphors. I'm like, where did my brain come up with that? It's okay. I mean, I've all the time. I'm like, it's just where I'm at right now. So yeah. So yeah, the the path ahead, you know, it, it's not linear, but it doesn't have to be cyclical, right? It can mm-hmm. it can be a steady progression upward with with challenges along the way, but there's so much transformation that can come from the way that we build trust and momentum in these little practices that instead of having a perfect routine set 10 minutes aside for yourself to to evaluate what what tools are available how am I able to recognize for myself what these tools would mean if I were able to practice them, right? Frame them within the context of your own concerns. And then even just with mindfulness, look into, okay, well, let's, and the more that we pause or whether we're practicing with journaling or not, mm-hmm. we, we will improve. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really the hope of all of it. Yeah, you're right. And, and then six months from, when you start, you're going to look back yeah. and say, wow, I've come so far and I'm on the yeah. other side. I, I, I know when I started to feel better after having terrible anxiety, I looked back and I said, I, I am so thankful I'm on the other side and I did all of that work to get yeah. me there. And then now I'm like, okay, well now I need to improve again and Ooh. continue to improve because I, you notice slipping a little bit on some of the routines that keep you feeling well mentally, physically. Um, yeah. So it's just, it, it's, it's so important to, to take that, ten, just like you said, take 10 minutes just yeah to do that for yourself and start there. Is yeah. there anything you want to leave you like, what's one thing that you want to leave with, listeners today one thing you want them to remember the most yeah I want them to remember that wherever they are things can get better Hmm. and as much as it may 
feel alluring to make everything better all at once, right? Because when we feel such high levels of distress, we're like, I need an answer now. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, and that's why all of these kind of like quick fix, for lack of a better word, schemes that were sold, you know, on the internet, like, mm-hmm. oh, you do this 10 minute, 10 minute, um, course that like you'll never feel anxious again or this product or whatever Mm -hmm. you know and and those those things inevitably don't work because they're external things that that aren't addressing the core concerns within us and empowering us to then be able to make decisions for ourselves that align what we want with our behaviors to go about and get that. So to simplify it, wherever you are, it can get better. And instead of trying to do everything at once, do something that is way simpler and way easier than you think you should do. Because once you do that, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, even three days, um, you'll be like, wow, I did that. I did mm-hmm. that. Okay. Actually, I do notice that I'm a little bit more aware of what I'm experiencing, what I want, perhaps the things that are contributing to why I feel this way. And, and as we go about doing that, we build more compassion and self-efficacy and there's no limit to how good we can feel. I love that. That's great advice. That's great advice, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you so much. This conversation has been so wonderful. It has been, it gave me like new, a new like outlook on some things that I'm, really thankful for and I'm so thankful that you agreed to be on the podcast and that we got connected of course of course I'm happy to help as much as um, I can and for any of your listeners that have more questions you know feel free to dm our instagram account um or you know like we can even have a follow-up conversation Mm-hmm. if that would be helpful um, because yeah. these tools are really great and I, I want as many people to be able to access them as possible. Yeah, they are awesome. Totally awesome. I've been through therapy a few times for various things in my life and um, I wish I would have gotten these earlier because <laughs> they're, they're, they just ask you questions that you don't think about. Um, on your own and that yeah. nobody really prompts you to think about. So anyway, I just, I appreciate that you created this, um, the journal experience for everybody to go through. Cause I think it's going to be really beneficial for people. Well, thank you for saying so. That's, that's very kind. Um, and as women, as community, things can get better and and we're all in it together wherever we are. We are definitely. Thank you so much, Whitney. I'll link um, the wave of mind Instagram and website um, in the show notes too, for everybody. Excellent. Excellent. And um, you have a discount code that I wanted to make sure your, your audience could do as well. So um, we'll make sure you have that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that was such a good, good episode. I know you guys probably found so many good nuggets from Whitney. She is so 
smart and easy to talk to and calming. And I just loved having this conversation with her. So I'm sure you're here because you want to learn how to win a set of these journals. And the Wave of Mind journals are awesome. It is a 24-week guided journal practice. You get six journals and each day you go through a question and journal about it. There's a an emotion wheel. It's awesome. So anyway, you can check them out in the show notes, but the way to win is to rate and review my podcast. And one of you guys will get a journal when you, one of you guys will get a, a set of journals. These are valued at $240 guys. They're not just some journal you can buy on Amazon. These are really the special, a, a very special therapy journal for in the easiest way I can explain it. So rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple, and you will be entered to win a set of journals. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to connect with Whitney on Facebook or Instagram at Wave of Mind. And we will look forward to connecting with you. And I will announce the winner of the journals November 1st.